market's down. Patriot Battery Metals isn't down. Yields also not down. They popped back up. Nevada Sunrise Gold might become Nevada Sunrise Lithium soon. Elon's going Elon. Gold's doing what gold does. A lot to get to. I am Gerardo Del Real along with Mr. Nick Hodge. This is Therapy Session, otherwise known as Bizarro World, number 167. Mr. Hodge, how are you today? It's been a week for me, as you know, but I'm happy to be back at it. I've been traveling, got in early this morning. It's good to be back in Therapy Session seat. How goes it for you, sir? It's been a busy week here as well. Lots of, of market gyrations, volatility is up, uh, growth is slowing. We'll talk about all that. Um, battery metals ripping, as you mentioned, specifically um, some that you've been talking about, uh, including Patriot battery metals, which I'll congratulate you on right off the top. We've mentioned that uh, multiple times over the past couple of weeks. It's up, um, if I'm not mistaken, I did math earlier, over 1300% from where you got private investors in at 16 cents. And so um, that was just last year. And that's good work if you can get it. So well done on you. We get some right, we get some wrong, but man, you get a 13, 1400% move with a full warrant, by the way. Um, that, 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 that forgives a lot of uh, sins of mistaken picks of the past, right? And so if you can pull one of those off every few quarters, um, it makes the rest look really, really good. So a lot of work still to do, a lot of your left. You know how I feel about a pick that I think is gonna have the same kind of second half of the year going into 2023. And, you know, I know that that's a, a, a fluid situation and you may have something in the offering um, queue here in the next week or two. So we'll save that for the next week or two. But, you know, before we talk markets, which were down another 900 points today, um, before we talk yields, which were flirting with the three, the 10 years flirting with the three level again, I have to congratulate you, Nick. We talked about Mr. Dines here the last week and, you know, he was a giant in our industry and how he was a lot of newsletter writers, favorite newsletter writer and somebody that revolutionized the newsletter industry, a true pioneer, a visionary, someone that did things, you know, in the old words of uh, Frank Sinatra, uh, definitely did it his way. And, you know, I think you have an announcement that I want to let you roll out, but Congratulations are in order to you. Um, you want to share the good news? Yeah, I appreciate that, Giordo. Um, we mentioned Mr. Dines last week. I told you I uh, had the good fortune and honor of helping him uh, grow his readership uh, several years ago, and we had stayed in touch since then. And uh, over the past week, I learned that uh, apparently he and his office have uh, wanted me and have asked me to take over the the two letters in some respect, let me uh, clarify, you know, I'm not going to be writing the Dines letter or the intro morning bulletin, but I will be providing service to those people who subscribe to those two letters um, and hope to do um, at least uh, half as well as Mr. Dines did uh, over the years uh, with those two respective things, uh, sort of macro style uh, newsletter positioning, uh, primarily with a little bit of hard money and, and contrarianism and then uh, a more uh, alert style service that you get when uh, you need to know things. And so um, the letter went out today it was the, the final issue of the Dines letter was, was uh, published uh, April 29th. They told readers uh, what's happening. You'll be getting my two letters, foundational profits and um, uh, family office advantage. And uh, 
like I say, we look forward to welcoming those uh, readers over, hope to provide them uh, a, a service and, and grateful and humbled that um, he thought of me to, to, to do that. And um, I'm already thinking about uh, how I can uh, go about providing that service because it's, uh, as I wrote in the letter, big flashy shoes to fill, right? That's a, it's a, it's a big task to uh, try to take on, but uh, I'm anxious to do it. Let's um, let's get right into the markets. Let's get right into the markets. Congrats again. Um, I, I I think his readers, I know his readers will be in good hands. It's uh, I, I know it's an honor for you. We've talked privately about uh, the responsibility that comes with that honor, but I can't think of a better person to to kind of carry that vision forward and, and provide some good quality uh, research to his long, long, long time readers, present company included. Let's get to the markets. Gold tried to get below 1900 for a day or two. Ah, it wasn't happening. 1900 is the new floor. The 10 year tried to retreat down to the, you know, 270 level. Looked like it was going to go maybe 265 ish. That didn't last very long either. Turned right around and raced to 293 the last time I looked today. Silver had itself a little mini bipolar breakdown. Hey, breakdowns happen. It dipped below 24. And, you know, I think last I checked was at 2350, 2360. Um, volatile markets, you've warned and positioned your subscribers and readers uh, very, very well, not just in the resource space, which is my, you know, bread and butter. Um, and where I feel comfortable, but you've been warning about, you know, having better liquidity in a cash reserve for months on end. You front ran this entire move in the Dow, the S&P and the NASDAQ. And look, the NASDAQ was down 4% today. I mentioned the Dow, you know, tumbling 900 points. Um, it's, 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 it's really amazing to me, the disconnect between, you know, some of the good fortune we've had with some of the picks that, that both of us have been lucky enough to, to benefit from the Nevada Sunrise Golds, um, you know, which has tripled from just a couple of weeks ago with the new lithium discovery in Nevada. That still has a tiny market cap. I think it can double or triple from current levels um, if, if, if they continue to prove stuff up. But Patriot, I mean, Patriot hit a high of 250, 255 today. That looks like it, it's wanting to run to three and then run to five if Drillbit delivers. And we know they have lithium spodumene in every single drill hole in the core we're waiting for assays we'll see what that means but i'd rather have it in the core than not have it and i sure in the heck would rather have it in every single drill hole that they drilled um talk to me about the overall indices and gold and if it's an opportunity and then we'll have a separate conversation about uranium because that's getting sassy to me again and I like Sassy, uh, by the way, y'all. <laughs> yeah, uh, people are starting to to realize, right? Everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And uh, NASDAQ down more than 20% to start the year uh, is getting punched in the mouth for a lot of people uh, who run money and uh, advise on other people's <laughs> uh, money. So uh, thank you. Yeah, we sold tech stocks in December. Um, we got defensive. We went into uh, other countries. We went into... Uh, gold, we've been in uh, staples, which continue to hit highs, by the way, like uh, tobacco stocks like Altria actually put in a 52-week high last week, are down 20% to start the year, and are also yielding over 6%. So yeah, there's ways to navigate this on the uh, macro front by not uh, owning what's going down and owning what's going up. That sounds easy enough, right? 
Um, you also mentioned the, the cash. I'm a third in cash on the retirement IRA side of things, and that's not been a bad place to be. Uh, we talked about the strength of the dollar last week, over uh, 100 running to uh, 102. And in fact, it leapt to 104 this week on the uh, DXY index. So just by nature of A, being in cash, I've avoided uh, owning things that are going down. And the, um, the value of that cash is also strengthened by nature of the strengthening of the dollar. Um, hmm. It could get worse, which I've said a couple of times. The, Earnings growth is slowing for, for Q1. Last week, I probably told you that uh, it was looking like it was going to be at 6.6% uh, earnings growth for the S&P. Uh, that was with 20% of the companies reporting. Now half the companies have reported earnings growth is now negative 1.5%. Uh, being drugged down primarily by the financials and consumer discretionaries, even though um, earnings for uh, like real estate and energy are, are up double digits. Uh, overall earnings growth for the S&P is now uh, negative. And again, second quarter could be worse. Same with GDP. You just saw that the economy was contracting. People acted shocked, blamed it on supply <laughs> chain and, and, and Russia. You've been saying that GDP was going to contract for a couple of uh, months now and could, could, could contract even in further in Q2. And so really you're on the precipice of, an, of, a, of a full-on bear market. You're kind of there in the uh, NASDAQ. S&P is knocking on the door a couple more down days like this, the S&P was down like three and a half percent at one point today. Um, you'll be in bear market territory real quick. And so um, the bond call has been wrong uh, so far. I've gotten really my ass handed to me across durations uh, extended and um, shorter term as well, but um, doesn't want to break all the way out. Like, nope. Hasn't wanted to go above 3%. And in fact, the the number you mentioned earlier was a, a lower high, not to, to where it was a, a couple of weeks ago. Um, same thing with oil, which are both important barometers, like those things not wanting to break out are telling you that growth doesn't want to break out either. And so um, it's continued defensive positioning. Uh, we've said before, if it was by the dip on the NASDAQ last year, and now the NASDAQ is down 20% for the year, now it's by the dip on the alternative assets, so primarily gold. Um, Gold is showing phenomenal opportunity, not just in the metal itself, but um, in the in the miners. And um, one thing I wanted to mention was valuations, because I, I look at valuations and they some of it's just like crazy. Like the numbers, um, they're really mind blowing. Like you look at Netflix losing eighty billion dollars of market cap in, in six months, and you start to just let that roll around in your mind. Like what are things really worth? And then you look at some. Um, like gold producing stocks, for example, like mid tiers, like I saw core uh, mining the other day is, is down below a billion dollar market cap for the first time since like the pandemic crash of, of March 2020. And at a sub billion dollar market cap, um, this mid tier producer has a smaller market cap than some like uh, exploration stocks that don't even have a resource yet. And so um, all that to say there, there's opportunities by playing the deeper game in the gold space by using this this pullback where everything is down to, to look what has true value on a, on a relative basis, um, gold stocks to gold stocks, because there's some really cheap stuff out there. And um, I don't think it's going to remain that way forever, even if and then I'll be quiet, uh, you get a little bit more. Um, downside or gold bounces along 1900 for a little bit because with the VIX where it is, it's tough for, for mm -hmm. stocks to go up anyway. And so if you can get that to cool off a little bit, I think you'll see that, um, that gold stocks will go back up. 
No, look, and and I blinked the last hour, and of course I blinked, and silver went from 23.50 to 22.75, so silver is below the 23 level. You mentioned oil sitting there at 104. I'm looking at the dollar index. It flirted with the 104 level. It's at 103.21, and gold, of course, closed right near that $1,900 level at 18.97. You mentioned opportunities in the gold space. Look, I've had subscribers write in and ask about companies like Perpetua Resources, right, Uh, formerly... Uh, Midas Gold, of course, and I'm going to just call it Midas Gold because I don't like the new name, but that still is one of the best undeveloped gold deposits in all of North America, but some of the best exploration upside of any project that I know of. And here it is trading at a fraction of where I believe it should be trading, um, even though it's in the boring permitting phase of its cycle, right? If you look at that Lasan curve and that famous chart that Brent Cook always shows um, at conferences and that he has um, on, on, on the Exploration Insight newsletter that Joe Mazumdar now uh, owns and writes and manages, it's, it's, it's very simple. Uh, gold refuses to break, over, break out. Um, it also refuses to break down. So gold's kind of boring right now, though. It's holding up beautifully against the backdrop of a higher dollar, a much higher dollar. And perpetuals and higher rates. rates. Yeah, and, and higher rates. And look, we have companies like Mice Gold not marketing, not telling the story, just not wanting to mess up uh, the, the, the permitting process. And I understand, look, you want to be quiet. You have overall bipartisan support. It looks like you're going to get your permit. The last thing you want is to do an interview or to see an article written that, you know, ruffles feathers locally or ruffles feathers within the administration. And so I completely understand the strategy of go quiet. I do wish it would have foreseen that that's what was going to be the plan and maybe got into another asset, maybe something else in Idaho that could provide some catalyst and news flow. But if you're a true contrarian and you believe gold is going to break out the way that I do, and you believe that Midas Gold gets its permit, you'd be hard pressed to find better value in in, in, in a non-producer, right? And then you mentioned core and we were, we're talking producers. We talked Magna Gold last week. You'd be hard pressed to find better value for a producing gold stock. So there's a lot of opportunities out there, which brings me to the uranium space. Uranium pulled back from, you know, the 61, 62, 63 a pound level to the 52, 53, 54 a pound level that it sits at now. And boy, has the pullback in the equities been, you know, what what, what pullback, pullbacks in uranium equities are. They're pretty violent uh, when they pull back and they're pretty violent when they run hard um, to the upside. We're in one of those pullbacks. I think Sky Harbor values, because Sky Harbor Resources presents deep value. You mentioned it last week. Um, pulled back to the 50 cent level. I think that's a phenomenal speculation at current levels. Labrador uranium hit a high of 155 when it started trading here recently. I saw it as low as 85 cents earlier today on the Canadian side of it. I think that may be one of the better exploration stories of the second half of this year, which, by the way, is right around the corner. Hence the, you know, selling May crowd front writing it and get busy in April. Right. So if you're a contrarian that doesn't need the liquidity in the next couple of months or even the next couple of quarters and you have a cash reserve to deploy speculative capital. My God, you're a hunter. It's like shooting fish in a barrel right now, Nick. It's not hard. You may have to wait a few months to see the fruits of your labor like it took with Patriot Battery Metals. And in the case of Nevada Sunrise Gold, I've been writing checks, you know, since the three cent level right alongside you, Nick, right? With warrants at five cents. Broke out today to 20 cents, hit a high of 22 and a half cents. 
I think that could be a 50 cent stock here in the next couple of months if they get right back to it and, and, and continue drilling and you know find success. They have an entire valley in its early days, but so is that market cap. That market cap is still very, very minute compared to some of its Nevada lithium peers. Much earlier stage, but man, the, again, it might have to change its name to Nevada Sunrise Lithium and and maybe spin out the gold or vice versa, spin out the lithium and have, it, have, a, have a separate vehicle for it. I think that would be ideal given the fact that they also have 20% ownership of the Kinsley Mountain Project, which I really like, and we'll see significant drilling in the second half of this year. Nevada Sunrise Gold is starting to look like a phenomenal speculation. It was at three cents. It was at five cents. It was at 10 cents. Oh, do they love it at 20? And they're going to love it at 40, Dave, because that's the nature of the beast, right? Well, that's a bandwagon or, or that's a herd running, right? So we talk about drinking upstream from the herd or, you know, skating to where the puck is. Or you mentioned hunting, the same thing, you know, cutting off an animal, working up a drainage or something like that. You got to get um, ahead of, of where the markets are going. And we talked about, you know, doing that by avoiding the the selling in the major exchanges that you're seeing right now the same thing with getting ahead of the um, battery metals and, and precious metal stocks that are going to be the um, recipients of cash that's looking for a haven after it's gotten beaten up like it has um, with uranium specifically it's a much smaller market than gold so um, I'd mentioned volatility again, and, and you did as well, and that the swings can be uh, higher to the upside and downside. Sky Harbor um, got below where I thought it would go in, in a pullback. Uh, Encore hasn't got quite um, there yet. Um, I guess, thank goodness, since uh, I'm long. But if it does go down to the 120 level, I think it's uh, got incredible value. There's actually a little gap down there on the chart. It wouldn't surprise me if it did all the, get all the way down there. Um, but those are buying opportunities for the long term. So um, what did I want to mention with Uranium? You know, there was uh, Sprott bought the, the equity ETF, the URNM, um, which was run by uh, North Shore, which is also related to Mike Alkin's uh, Satchin Cove. And so um, there's lots of ways to play it. I mean, scroll through the, the equities in, in in that but you know what he was saying is that he came from the hedge fund world i was listening to this prop podcast with the north shore guy and um he was saying that you know from a deep value um people are going to come running and uh, the chance to make money multiples i mean uranium it's where is where it's at but he sort of prefaced that with the, the volatility as i just did saying that um because it's not only smaller, but the media, this is what I wanted to say, the media is trained to view it with uh, uh, that negative eye, right? That anything that happens in the uranium space gets magnified, right? So sure. um, he mentioned, you know, if there's an earthquake off the, the coast of Japan, it's automatically like, uh, you know, New Fukushima 2.0, Fukushima, right? <laughs> yeah. Near Fukushima, right? It's always like the worst case is assumed. And even like, um, I saw there was a, a, a new uranium mine that made a permitting advancement in Arizona. And it's like, you know, government, uh, uh, you know, advances uranium mine near sensitive area or whatever it is. It's like, yeah, what's not near like a sensitive, a sensitive area, area. And, and what's near what's right. Exactly. So it's it, anyway, it, it combats or it's up against that um, headwind. But uh, nonetheless, those are the opportunities that allow it to, um, even surpass the gains in 
in, in gold stocks when that uh, volatility goes to the upside in uranium. Uh, and that's coming for a litany of reasons that can continue to unfold. You meant... <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. This is if you got the kids and you don't want the sexual innuendo part of the podcast, everyone. This is the part where you should turn it off. Nick's that sensitive area, and I have a childish sense of humor. So the first person I thought of when you said sensitive area was Madison Cawthorn. This little guy is the gift that keeps on giving. I had a long week, everybody. I had, you know, some 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 very close family members that passed away. Um, my mother-in-law passed and, you know, she's resting and, and, and we're at peace with it. But it was a tough week. Um, you know, we, we talked about Mr. Dine's passing and him being a mentor to our mentor. My dad lost a sister. I lost an aunt. It, it, was, it was a busy week on that end of it. But I got to say, Mr. Carthor delivered some good laughs in, in the midst of all of that, you know, t- toughness there. And man, I mean, this kid, we talked about him a couple of uh, a couple of weeks ago. He's a young Republican freshman. Who, he is a kid. Yeah, he's a kid. He's a kid. And, you know, he, he's he, like 26 or something. Sorry. Yeah. 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 He's, he's roughly 26 years old. And a few weeks ago, he made news because he was giving an interview and he said he was appalled. He was appalled that. Um, senior members of the Republican leadership had invited him to orgies and even saw one of them, you know, do the old, don't you know, I can see you thing where, you know, people do cocaine in front of you and just pretend like they're taking a sip of coffee. And he said he was appalled at the time. Right. And so Mr. Cawthorn is finding out what happens when you don't invite your fellow Republicans to the orgies. Right. Because then immediately, boom, I don't, by the way, I don't think he's getting hit by his Republican uh, peers because he said something. I think it's the fact that they weren't invited <laughs> and they feel left out of the sex orgies that they're like, okay, little fucker, we're going to teach you how things are run in Washington, D.C. So immediately, days later, a picture leaks and he's, you know, he's got lingerie on, he's got the pretty makeup. No judgments, dress how you like, do your own thing. But don't pretend to be appalled two weeks before at Republican senior leadership participating in orgies and then get caught wearing lingerie in what looks like a really fun party, by the way. This dumbass then takes the loaded gun to the airport. You try it at home and see if you get to go home, everybody. This is not the first time. This is the second time he gets away with it. So again, the rules are different for you than they are for us. Because if I took a loaded gun to the airport, or if Nick took a loaded gun to the airport, and it wasn't claimed and you know permitted and done according to the rules, I guarantee you we don't come home right away. So he did that. He was then caught driving without a driver's license again. And um, then <laughs> now another picture leaks of him and his male staffer. I did I, pun intended. You could take it how you take it. But his male staffer and, 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 you know, he's got his male staffer is talking about how, you know, he's got this desire for him. And Madison saying how he's got desire for him and he wants to see him naked under his hands. And so there's a picture and a video where his staffer is groping his crotch, right? And so, Mr. again, no judgments here, but don't pretend to be appalled and make your Republican colleagues that aren't as sensitive because you're going to get hit. And I believe it's his own party that's, that's, that's slowly but surely hanging him out to try getting him out of here because he doesn't want to play by the rules. What made me laugh this week is that when that picture leaked of his staffer's hands on Madison's genitals. His defense was, he's my cousin. You guys didn't investigate that? (laughs) 
<laughs> and so <laughs> it turns out. Which state's he from? <laughs> <laughs> Missouri, I think. <laughs> and, and Got so, a real pretty mouth. <laughs> And, and so, you know, after he said, hey, you guys did investigate. This is my cousin. Um, sure, they did investigate. Um, and, and what they found out is that that uh, it's his third cousin. <laughs> you know, it's different rules for everybody in every family. But I think Madison, after two, probably quits counting and checking. And I don't know why this was his first defense, but this tells you. The, 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 the mind state, right? And the youth. And we've talked about how traders in the market have never seen this backdrop that we're experiencing. There's a lot of 20-something traders that haven't even lived through a recession, let alone a slowdown where the Fed says it's hiking aggressively and credit is overextended and interest rates are ballooning. Um, with Madison, he's a 26-year-old kid that was an elected official or still is an elected official and clearly has very little experience about how politics in Washington works. And you can agree or disagree about what they're doing to the kid. But to me, it seems very calculated, very targeted. And I think eventually this kid resigns, right? I think they're letting him know, hey, we have all He's the done. goods. So we're going to roll it out a little bit. Of t- how, how, how far out do you want us to go before you tap out? And oh, by the way, the next person that's in this post, invite us to the orgies. <laughs> That's my take. Interesting. So, you know, I, I try not to pay a lot of mind to the political noise. And so I hardly knew who he was when you asked me the last time, except that I knew because I had seen the, the orgies in the headline. And so when I saw the the trying to go, I didn't even know about the lingerie picks and I still don't. You, that was the first time I heard about those you telling me. So, um, but when I saw him going through the security with the gun the other day, I decided to read about it because he's getting way too much press, sort of like you're mentioning, right? So I said, let me read about this real quick. Um, Yeah, it took me 15 minutes to decide that this guy's done, right? He's not going to last much longer. And I think two things. One, you're going to see that with um, this class of, a a large portion of this class of politicians who aren't going to cut it. um, And as this um, turning really turns and, and needs to be wrapped up and concluded that this wheat and, and chaff is going to be separated and um, he's part of the chaff, right? Um, so that's that part of it. And and then specifically to him, um, I didn't even know that he was in a wheelchair until I Googled him. I had no idea. Um, and, and, and it's North Carolina, uh, not Missouri. I misspoke everybody. Uh, My apologies. So, I want to make sure I don't throw shade at Missouri because, you know, <laughs> Cubs, Cardinals, rivalry, the whole thing. <laughs> He was um, in a car accident that led him to be in the wheelchair, and he was also slated to go to the Naval Academy, which is what he pins a lot of his America hardy har har on. And um, and he says back in the day that the accident is what cut off his, uh, you know, plan to go to the Naval Academy and do what he was, except that uh, (laughs) he was already declined. Except that facts. Except that, yeah, he wasn't going to go to the Naval Academy before the accident. He had already been not invited. Like his application was denied before the accident. And so that told me all I needed to know about the gentleman and um, how it was going to end up for him. Lingerie and and stuff aside, he's not going to last too long because um, it was built on a lie, essentially. And um, that, yeah, it wasn't going to last. 
And again, because my brain is goofy, so I think sensitive areas. I think Madison Cawthorn and his third cousin. And then, you know, we talked about uh, the fourth turning and young retail traders that have never seen this macro backdrop and how they don't know how to trade it. Um, And I don't think it's a coincidence that retail traders lost over a billion dollars on meme stock options. Now, speaking to someone who as a youth thought he was really smart because I got in on the rare earth boom early. I I, I turned, I don't remember the amount, but it was a lot. It was, it was a little bit that turned into a lot in a really short amount of time. I was trading the rare earth stocks. They eventually, a couple of them, rare element resources uh, is the one that stands out to me, became NYSE listed. And so there were options on it. Um, I was convinced gold was going to make new record highs in 2009, 2010-ish. Um, and I decided that I was going to start borrowing money and, 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 and trading options on margin, not just the stocks, but the options as well. And for three months, Nick, I thought, man, I'm new at this. And I've just made more money than I thought was possible with the amount of money that I started. And then sure enough, right, we had that second little mini crash and 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 everything kind of came tumbling down and options expired worthless. And I learned a very valuable lesson. Well, I think a lot of retail traders, the ones that just lost a billion dollars on meme stock options, are going to learn or have learned a very valuable lesson. And what's your what's what's your famous line from the New Orleans Investment Conference that uh that 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 you like to use about Bitcoin traders and gold traders and how they're the soldiers of the oh the crypto traders and investors were soldiers training for the gold army yeah yeah so I think meme stock option traders are also going to be um you, you know soldiers for the gold army in 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 the neck during the next leg up I think when they when they shake off the hit that they just took. Um, hopefully they learned something from it. I would be very surprised if they didn't at least diversify their speculative allocation strategy um, a tiny bit into the gold space. And as we know with the gold space, all it takes is a little bit, right? All it takes is a little bit. So um, yeah, I found that interesting. Anything anything to add on a on billion dollars on meme stock options going to money, Evan? Just that um, you got a taste of it in the precious metal space yeah. a little bit with that uh, Wall Street silver short squeeze deal. And um, even then, experience paid off. Like, um, I'm not the oldest guy, but I was around in, in 2008 and 9 and 10 and 11. And um, when I saw the silver stocks doing what they were doing last spring as a result of the meme stock mania, um, you can bet I sold them some mag silver and had <laughs> subscribers do the same and um, remains, I believe, I have to look at the chart, but higher than it's been and, and is now certainly after the uh, past couple of days. So experiences um, needed about the, the option specifically, you know, people were saying it was going to end badly at the time with the, the game stops and the um, AMCs and things. And, um, it was easy to, to own those stocks when um, growth isn't doing what growth is doing mm. now, right? Like last year, you had the earnings growth going up and the GDP was being compared to the 2020 lockdown. Um, and so it looked really, really good. Um, and just to bring it back to what we talked about at the beginning of this podcast, now that's the opposite. 
earnings growth contracting, economic growth contracting, uh, and meme stocks, short interest stocks certainly don't work uh, in, in that environment. And so uh, if those people are still in the game, I agree with you, um, can certainly come into the uh, gold and, and even uranium space as a, as a place to um, uh, put retail money in. That would be exciting to see, but um, yeah, you've got to be careful. I guess is 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 the last point I want to make. And um, despite a lot of what you see out there, you know, it's it's tough to um, you know retire on on one stock or, or hit it out of the park with a meme stock. There's a lot you got to do across multiple uh, asset classes, and and you know, turning 10, 20, 30 grand into, I know you're smiling, it's half a million is wonderful. <laughs> um, and doing that multiple times is great. And, 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 and you and I have had the opportunity to do that, maybe not multiple times, but to, to see that happen and, and think we have the opportunity to do that with the, the market that's setting up here. But uh, for most people, that's um, not a permanent and sustainable solution. And so, whether it's picking speculative lithium and gold stocks or whether it's avoiding the major turns in the NASDAQ and S&P, there's multiple things you got to do to be uh, a successful investor. Unless you're Elon Musk. <laughs> oh, man. Been, we got to talk Elon. Everywhere. I mean, I've said it before. He's my favorite billionaire troll. Uh, I don't know the man. I don't know him personally. I don't know his business ethics. I don't know his moral compass. Um, I know he's delivered great value to shareholders in all of his companies over many, many years for decades now. And I also know he's fucking hilarious on Twitter, right? So he bought Twitter. Um, I loved it because there was an analyst that was on just like three days before on CNBC. And, you know, oh, you know, the rumors of Elon buying are just rumors. It's just him getting more free publicity for Tesla to, you know, hide what's going to be a horrible Tesla quarter. Tesla ends up having a great quarter. They, the stock ends up shooting up higher. And a day or two later, you know, Elon's basically funding secured again. Uh, I'm buying Twitter and immediately the tweets, right? My favorite one was him saying he wanted to buy Coca-Cola to put the cocaine back in. <laughs> Oh my God. And, and of course, right, the delicate flowers immediately. I, I, it's beyond me why people on the right and the left get so triggered by this guy. Um, there was something like a mass exodus from the left of people that refuse to be on Twitter now that Elon Musk owns it. And I'm sitting here going, are, do you realize who else is on Twitter? Are you aware of like the cesspool that Twitter can be. Um, this is what it took to get you out of here. Good riddance. And they'll be back. Go. It's like all the other, like all the other boycotts, right? And all the other new social media platforms. And we're not going to this store because of X. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of noise. Yeah. For sure. So look, I, I, I think Elon buying Twitter. I think it's going to make Twitter funner. I'm looking forward to it. To it. Twitter and LinkedIn are the only two platforms I'm on, um, uh, and, and their business accounts. Although obviously, any of you that follow me on at RS Digest uh, know that that I I, I just kind of put whatever I feel like putting out there in the moment. <laughs> and it doesn't all have to be related to business or the stock market. Um, it's kind of my other version of therapy outside of this bizarro world uh, podcast, right? But um, no, look, I think it's going to get funner. I think I think it's going to get more interesting. Um, if it really is about, he had another tweet that was more serious that said he feels a responsibility to piss off the left and the right equally. 
uh, and, and to give them a platform to voice, like yeah, to voice that, 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 that anger at him. And if he actually follows through with that, more power to it. You can block anyone. Um, I've never blocked anyone on Twitter. I've been blocked a couple of times, but uh, I've never blocked anyone on Twitter because, hey, come, let's have a dialogue and a conversation. I may not respond to you if I think it's beneath me. There's, you know, a couple of you out there, one in particular, and you know who you are, but I'll see you in person when I see you. Um, well, I, I'll just never say your name because you're an attention-seeking whore. So you'll never get a name drop out of me. You're going to have to know exactly that I'm talking to you. Sit there, wonder if it's really you that I'm talking to and not be able to say anything about it because I'm not going to use your name ever, 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 ever in public unless I see you in person. But, you know, other than that, I don't want to block you. Like, I, I, I go ahead, you know, put it out there. Um, I got blocked by Brian Stelter at CNN once. So I don't, I don't really like that guy. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. His CNN Plus just failed miserably, so I was pretty happy about it. Did that. it ever really get going? I'm, I'm, I'm not, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of CNN. You know, at one time, that used to be, you know, the one place that I thought, this was a decade or so ago, right, that I thought I could go and get somewhat balanced views and get, you know, a little bit of both. And I thought, okay. And then, you know, little by little, like every other media outlet, right, whether it's on the right or on the left, most of them, it just started really just kind of going downhill. I ended up watching... You, you know, British networks and Al Jazeera for a Absolutely. while because those, put on yeah, yeah, those two end up being BBC or PBS or something. Abso yeah. Absolutely. You get some good quality work and, 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 and reporting out of those organizations. And, you know, I think, again, speaking of fourth turnings in our institutions and about young Republicans and young Democrats and politicians and law enforcement and all the things that we touch on here. I think, you know, that media decay, the moral decay within a lot of the mainstream media, um, the opinion media. I, I think it just speaks to why we need such a radical restructuring in so many of our institutions. And I think, you know, a little bit at a time, right? I think Madison's finding out um, how quickly that can happen. And, you know, I think there's going to be more of that for some of the elder statesmen and women in our political arena on both sides of it. And frankly, I'm, all, I'm here. I'm here for it. I'm here for all of it. Yeah. Um, then I wanted to, I guess, get something off my chest in that respect as well. You know, I see a lot of this. Uh, we're at this paradigm shift. Things have never been like they are before. Like it's make or break time. Uh, things are never going to be the same. Um, and it goes back to that sort of, you know, skating to the puck, drinking ahead of the herd. And, and, and we've mentioned this before. You know, we wrote for a newsletter for uh, five years whose, whose mantra was all that. And I found it nearly 10 years ago to sort of uh, preach the stuff that people are experiencing right now. And so, you know, if you didn't, you know, get the land, if you didn't get the gold, if you didn't position accordingly, it's um, I see a lot of crowing about it now from people yeah. um, who are more on the the media marketing side of it. And so they're crowing about it for clicks. But and it's just like anything else, but weren't crowing about it when it really was time yep. to, to, to be preparing. And so um, don't have a lot of sympathy in uh, that regard, but look forward to continue to uh, navigating it and coming out of the other side, all those things you just uh, mentioned with the institutions, you could sort of repeat for the markets and the, the monetary system, which is, uh, I think, frankly, going to be redesigned before our eyes in the, in the coming five or uh, eight years or so. And so, um, yeah, the government is uh, prying. Yeah, the government uh, prints a lot of money. Like all that stuff is a, is a, is a no. Now it's time to, I guess what I'm saying is get past the crying yeah. about it and pointing it out and, and, and getting there and 
be a part of it, uh, especially if you've got the capital that needs uh, navigating. A lot of great places to allocate capital to right now. If you're patient, if you don't need the liquidity right away, um, anything else you want to get off your chest, Mr. Hodge? I said, I said, I said the things that were top of mind on my end of it. I think there's some phenomenal opportunities out there. I want to congratulate you again um, on, on on carrying forward, you know, Mr. Dines's vision for free markets and and independent research and and thought. Um, the uranium space, the gold space, the lithium space, all these, the copper space, Kucho copper is still dirt cheap. Um, that's, you know, that, that that's a gimme. Uh, a, lo- a lot of places to allocate capital, a lot of uh, a lot of good work that's being done now that I think will pay off here in the next, you know, three months, six months, who knows, maybe nine months. But usually when you're buying at such depressed levels, the payoff and the re-rating is so worth it. It's so worthwhile that it's worth being bored for a couple of quarters and not seeing much to the upside. Anything on your end of it? No, um, no. We can talk about the climate stuff uh, next week. It sort of uh, ties into the lithium and, and uranium. Um, and no, uh, I look forward to, to welcoming Mr. Dine's um, readers, and, and would say that um, I guess going back to gold, you know, even down at the 1900, it was up today. So providing that safe haven thing. Um, but even you know up four or five percent for the year is delivering alpha relative to um, what's going on out there, and so a, a boring period for gold is is a good place to be. I guess is what I wanted to remind people of. Well said, well said. That's all we got this week, everybody. Thanks for listening. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with Mister Nick Hodge. This was therapy session, otherwise known as Bizarro World Number One. 67. Go make some memories. Go make them often. Go make them with people you care about and let them know it's not a bad way to live, everybody. Say bye for us, Nick. See you, everybody. Hey there, you independent-minded investor. If you like this video, make sure to tell us so by clicking the like button below. Subscribe to our channel so you never miss another one. And share it with everyone you know on social media. You can also click the link in the description below to check out more information-packed videos just like this one. Thanks for watching.